Now today, if all goes well, we're going to talk about encouragement. And I've put the word here in a way that we could see. Uh, see the word there, encouragement. Everyone say encouragement. No, I'm just kidding. There it comes. They were, they were switching over. I'm teasing a little bit. Okay, how many notice that you can see here that this word actually is three separate parts and it comes from the word courage how many can see that just by looking okay so you can see that and of course in courage and the and we get the the m-e-n-t at the end that's a french in influence on english where we say employment uh and so forth uh encouragement so this makes it using the french ending we then make this a noun courage of course is a noun uh, but then we turn it into uh, meaning the quality of having courage put into something. That's what encouragement is. So in a sense, that's a, that might be just a common way to describe the word encouragement. And all of us need encouragement. Now, I know many of you just mountain climbers. You can climb the highest mountain. I know some of you, Everest, oh, you think of Everest every morning. You wake up, if I could just climb Mount Everest today. I know that's true. And many of you just wish you could just be uh, in, in the wilderness roughing it. And, and so this isn't going to be all that helpful to you. But, but to the rest of us who are fighting daily battles and, and, uh, and, and we never tell anybody else, most of us keep our battles to ourselves. We don't, not telling everybody, oh my goodness, you know, uh, uh, I ran over the, I read this the other day. I wish I had it. It'd be fun to read about the, maybe you read it. The, the guy runs over a nail. No, wait a minute. Before he ran over the nail. Did you read that? Before they ran over the nail, something about a cat. I don't remember the cat, but anyway, the cat, I, oh, the, the cat ran in front of him and made him steer off. And then he ran over a nail. When he hit the nail, he ran and hit the uh, as I say, I should have brought it anyway. I'm sorry. But he hit like the fire hydrant and the hydrant went up and then uh, the fire department came out and ran over his car. And it's not a true story, obviously. And at the, 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 the end of the little thing said he should have just run over the cat at the very beginning. I mean, that was sort of, you know, do whatever you got to do. That's, that's, a, that's a take on the old kick the cat. Uh, idea you just you know instead of hollering at your wife just kick the cat right at the beginning that's they used to say so for many folks they've been running over the nail hitting the hydrant and so on and they're keeping it to themselves but I really felt that today was a day for us to talk about encouragement and the idea of encouragement is a biblical word although many of you will say if you're Bible literate and so on, you'll say, well, you know, Brother Finch, I, I looked up the word encouragement and I couldn't really find that word exactly in, in the Bible. Well, there's a reason for that. And that is that the King James translators took the word, the Greek word, which would, would, well, I don't know how far we're going into this, but anyway, they took the Greek word and they usually would translate it something like exhort, which we now take to mean I'm exhorting them. Usually have our finger out like this. Hello. That's exhort in some people's minds. But, but the word exhort meant far more than that. We'll take a look at that in just a moment. And so we're going to uh, explore this just a little bit further. Now, the word in, encourage, as you can tell, looks uh, almost French, you might think, uh, to inspire with courage, confidence, and hope. And how many knows that that's what God does in our lives? 
God gives us encouragement. How many knows that you can trust the Lord? God will take care of you. Now, I know you may be facing circumstances and the devil wants you to blame God for all of the bad circumstances. And that's, uh, that's not uh, even reasonable to say, well, God is to blame. Now, some people argue from the back, I'll call it backward. They will say, well, God could have stopped this, see? And then they blame God for not stopping what he could have done. It'd be like saying, okay, God shouldn't have created the Grand Canyon uh, because somebody fell into it. Now, when we visited there, I kept taking pictures and getting right on the edge, and and uh, Sister French was like, get back, get back, you know. I didn't fall into it, but I'm just saying some people did. And so someone might say, uh, well, then God's to blame because why did he make a Grand Canyon, you see? You see? I'm using that illustration on purpose. I realize it's absurd, but the same is true to say, well, now there's sickness in the world. So, And, and some people would even say, and I'm not making fun of it, but they would say, well, if how could this baby be ill like this? Why doesn't God stop it, see? And you say, well, it's because we live in a sinful world. God has allowed the world to have free will. They choose to sin and you pay the, be like saying, I jumped off the Empire State Building. Why doesn't God stop this? Well, because you jumped off the Empire State Building. Now, could God stop you in midair and you stand there like this in midair? Way up there and everyone going, oh, look at that guy. Yeah, God could do that. I've never heard of it. But if he ever does, I hope it's me. I mean, if I'm the one, I don't ever plan to. If you hear that Brother French jumped off of any building, anywhere, I don't care if it's two stories. If you hear that, it's a lie. Because I can barely get to the top of the Empire State Building and look around. I do it like this. Beautiful, lovely, love that. Oh, look at this. Look at, oh, I love that. I don't get right over there. Oh, man, you know, because it doesn't uh, doesn't throw me to be right there. So. There's plenty of folks who are. Probably because they don't have the answers, it's just easier to blame God. And of course, blaming is how many of us uh, handle life. We just well, we'll blame my wife. I'll blame my wife. I'll blame the neighbor. Some, some psychologists say that people have to have someone that they're always fussing at because that gives them a sense. Oh, I got someone to fuss at. That's why someone said, that's why we have a boss. And so you have a boss and so, oh, confess at the boss. And so someone said, well, don't, don't knock. At least I got, at least they're getting the steam out or whatever. And, and so I, I guess then we, we come back to this question of, of what, what is God doing? Now, here we're looking at Proverbs 23, 7. How many have it there? Can you read it with me? Let's look at Proverbs 23, 7. I'm going to read it, and you can uh, read it along with me. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Now, we're not reading the text. We're just reading that one verse. But obviously, uh, the context seems seems to be, if we were just casually looking at it, that someone's uh, may do something, but they're not doing it with their heart. In other words, they're just doing it. They're not really into it. And so the point then would be that if it's the heart that really matters. For example, you might say to someone, how many have ever said to someone, how are you doing? And you don't care. Go ahead and act holy. How are you doing? And you know you don't care how they're doing. You just ask. It's just what we say to people. 
And the point is that that's so I'm not I'm not knocking people trying to be nice and pleasantries. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that the point is that it's really the condition of the heart that matters. It's what you're doing from you. Now, I, I know sometimes people mean well. And it doesn't come across well. So maybe there's they miscommunicate or something goes wrong, but their heart, they didn't really mean to do wrong. And so uh, it, it doesn't always work out, but it is the condition of the heart and and the writer says, for he, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, <clears throat> the reason this is uh, important here is that we're looking at the word cordis in the Latin, where, where we get the French word. The French comes from the Latin. So this word cordis, which is right there. Now, let, let me say this. I know you, I, you're, it's, it's, you're on the edge of your seat because we're talking about cordis and, and the Latin. I can just see you're just like, oh, finally we got to the Latin. But the, the Greek word, cardia, does anyone recognize the word cardia if I say cardia? How about cardiac? Anybody recognize that? See, when we say cardiac, it's become an English word. Because from the, from the Greek word, cardia, we get the word what? Well, yes, the word cardiac, but, but what does that mean? Just one more step. Heart. Yeah, cardia is the Greek word for heart. And so from the Greek word cardia, we get words that have to do with the heart. Now, the same is true of the Latin, which is cordis, because cordis also means heart, but it's Latin instead of Greek. And these two languages tended to uh, kind of compete with each other, and they influence our, our, the English language throughout the centuries. And the word uh, cordis in the Latin came to mean courage. And, and there's a reason that the linguistics drop the D and so on. But we get the, because of the French influence, basically. But we get this courage, the idea that, that uh, we all understand the word courage. And then the idea of, of doing something that would uh, help people to be encouraged. To, they've lost their courage and then suddenly something comes along and gives them courage. That's encouragement. And I'm, I'm, I know that some of you are thinking, oh, Brother French, please, why can't we run aisles today? I want to say to this group here, and, and folks are coming in, we'll thank the Lord for this beautiful day. One of the sweetest things you can do, now I want you to pray, I want you to fast, I want you to love holiness, I want you to love doctrine, I want you to read your Bible and pray every day. I want all, I'm not minimizing anything else. But one of the sweetest things a person can do is to say to themselves, how can I encourage someone else? What could I do that would encourage someone else? And that's why I'm talking about this today. I believe God can help us to be an encouragement. Now, many times we don't even know that we're being an encouragement. So uh, it's just because you're nice and, and then that, that was sweet. I don't know if you've ever had, there have been times in my life that just somebody being nice to me was a real encouragement. And I would say, oh, did, oh honey, did you, they were really nice to me. <laughs> and I just felt better just thinking, well, hey, we're not living in a, in a, we're not living in a super friendly world. In fact, our world's in serious, serious 
conflict and turmoil. And the answer to much of the culture is just turn on a television or watch some sort of a brainless uh, movie and, and, and try to draw young people today. They, they, they almost define themselves by the movies that they're a part of. That's what's happened to us. And I was reading the other day about this whole genre of everything being a superhero. Superhero! Because they're looking for somebody that can fly through the air and knock down buildings and do all these things. You know why? Because they're looking. In their mindset, they're looking for something bigger than themselves. Something that they can look up to and, and, and excite them. I, I know they do, they've been doing that for years. There's been comic books. My, my point is not to be too dramatic here, but I'm just telling you, folks are living in a world where they need a church that knows how to be full of the Holy Ghost and, and find the courage of the Spirit. If you walk away from God or if you abandon what is right, you will always do it because your heart was not encouraged. You lost your way and you lost your courage to do the right thing. And sometimes doing the right thing takes a lot of courage. For as a man thinketh in his heart. So, so you say, Brother Fitch, I'm, I'm a little confused. You were talking about cordis is the Latin and it means heart. Well, <clears throat> of course, the reason that we're dwelling on that for a moment here is that the word courage has to do with the condition of your heart. And encouragement has to do with the condition of your heart. So cordis, for example, right here, the Latin, this means the quality of mind which enables a person to encounter danger and difficulties with firmness or without fear. That's an interesting, of course, that's right out of, you can tell that I took that right out of the Webster's. See? Quite an interesting thing to be able to encounter danger and difficulties without with firmness, with firmness or without fear, as opposed to discouragement, to discourage someone, which is, I'm hearing more and more people will say, I just, I'm just discouraged. I don't, I don't know. What, what do I do, pastor? You look at people, they're walking away from this. They're doing that. I hear that all the time. I've even had people say, nobody believes that anymore. Like that. And I say, I always think it's funny when people say that. And you can say, well, how about so many millions? How about me? You're, I'm standing right here. I, I'm a nobody. Is that what you're saying? I believe that. But they say nobody believes that. What they really mean is they're discouraged. Not the people they wish believed it. Someone even said to me, I used to know so-and-so. And they really stood for it. Now they don't stand for that anymore. And that discourages them. All right. So that so discourage means to dishearten. How many see where we're getting this idea? So their heart becomes uh, discouraged. They're they're disheartened. Which isn't that an interesting thing? That when you're talking about whether or not someone is lifted up, someone has been revived. You're talking about the condition of their. We say heart. We don't mean the heart right here, of course. We don't mean this heart pounding in the chest. We mean, of course, the very center of a person. We really mean their soul is what we really mean. We mean the center of that person. Praise God. Why don't we just lift our hands and thank God for all that he's done for us in all through our lives. Just say, thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. All right. Now, let's, let's keep going. We've got a few more things here. Now, <clears throat> first of all, to be heartened is to reverse discouragement. So let's read from uh, Matthew 6, 4. 
uh, 24, no man can serve two, everyone say two, all right, I hear I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to simplify, I'm almost overdoing it here, <clears throat> and I have almost no voice, and uh, you can tell I'm holding this mic really close, I'm just like, uh, just, just the way the day is today, but uh, this principle of of the heart is that and I, I hope somebody listens to me this morning. I, I hope I'm listening today. Your heart <laughs> your heart is not capable that's why it gets discouraged when you start getting tempted oh well you know Maybe some, someone, well, I'm, I'm trying to be careful what I say, but uh, something happens. Maybe their marriage or something happens and, and they become discouraged. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The reason for that is your heart cannot handle that. The heart can't handle that. It can't handle, wait, I don't mean it quite exactly. I'm, I don't mean to be too literal here. What I'm trying to say is what Jesus said, for example, here, I'm using this as my springboard. No man can serve two masters. He cannot serve God and mammon. I'm, I'm hoping you'll make the leap with me here. Because the principle is true. The same is true of your heart. That's what I'm trying to say. Just like you cannot serve. Now, I know a lot of people, they're serving the devil. And they say they're serving God. I know they're doing it. I see it all the time. I have people say to me, oh, Reverend, you, I'm, I'm as good, I'm as good as half your saints over there. I have, I hear that. People say that. And I say, you know half my saints? Well, no, I've never been there. Well, then how do you know you're as good as half my saints? Don't you get tired of people talking like that? I'm as good as half you. What he really meant was that he's sinning every day. He's committing adultery. He's doing, but he's as good as anybody that's a goody, goody, two shoes. What is a goody, goody, two shoes? Two shoes? Isn't that the idea? Two shoes? You're supposed to have two shoes? Anyway, that's what they often say. I don't know where they get that. I'm looking that up. Can you write that down for me? Two, goody, goody. Not the good, I know it goody goody, but I mean the two shoes part. All right, so if you two shoes, if you're a two shoes, that's a horrible thing. You don't want two shoes. In other words, they're all hypocrites, they're all fakes. I'm as good as all those fakes at the church are. They've convinced themselves of that so that they can tell themselves they, they can serve both God and mammon. And they think they're doing it. And then you say to them, but here, my friend, let me tell you something. Jesus is the Lord of all. And he said, you can't serve both of those. You can't serve, you can't serve both. Who, who, who are you to judge me? See, that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. You're, you're judging me. No, I'm not judging. I wasn't judging you. Did you feel like you were judged? That must have been someone else. All I said was Jesus said, you can't serve both God and man. You can't serve them both. Because you'll either, he goes on, of course. 
right? He goes on, he tells, explains, well, you, if you, you'll either do this or you'll do that. And he explains what will happen to you because you can't divide your heart. That's the point. That's what brings discouragement. When people think they can divide their heart up, you cannot divide your heart. That is why the Bible says, have faith. When you have faith, suddenly something begins to happen. I've had people say, I don't know what I'm going to, I've had people, oh my goodness, oh, I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying not to say things that I don't want to just divulge. But there have been people that have been right on the brink. I mean, right on the brink. And I said to them, listen, 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 listen to me. Now, wake up, wake up, wake up. Come on, let's pray. Right? I, what, I, what am I doing? I'm trying to get their heart back to where it needs to be. Oh, all I'm going to do, I'm going to leave here. When I leave here, pastor, this is it for me. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I, I, I want to tell you something. That's why people walk into buildings and do things they shouldn't do. That's why people do things to themselves that they shouldn't do. Because they cannot not. I know there are people that are, whose minds are deranged. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about people that cannot deal with what's going on in their world. It's because you can't divide your heart. That's what Jesus was saying. I know he's saying a whole lot more than that. Some of you are looking at me like, of course he means more than just that. But the underlying principle is you can't divide your heart. You have to, you have to give attention to the things of the heart and the way to encourage yourself, or let's say to encourage someone or to encourage your, your own heart is to crowd out all of the discouragement let's say it that way with with faith have faith in god i don't know it's been so long i don't know if i remember any of it but remember that song have faith in god how long's that been have faith in god i have no voice sister french how does it go have faith in god for deliverance have faith in God. Help me sing it. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Come on, help me out. Have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith in God. Now, I know I discouraged some of you by singing that wrong, but, but I was trying to encourage you. Now, let's keep going. So, but let me say this. If, if someone singing the song wrong discourages you, you really need to lighten up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Were those mostly the right words? You think so? Okay. That's a miracle. Think of that right there. A miracle right before your very eyes. Now, I've already said this, but let's keep going. I want to I, I see how far we can go with this. Um, so look at Matthew 6 with me. Um, I'm still building on this idea. I believe it's true. I'm absolutely convinced that it's true. That if you will... Now, I don't mean by this that you won't... Because some people say, Brother Finch, I can't be perfect, so I give up. See what I'm saying? Oh, you, you, you say you got to be holy. I can't. I'll just give up on that. 
And I'm like, well, that's not the point. You don't give up. Well, you you preach, you got to do this. And I could never be that. So I'm just going to, what they're, and of course, that's not true. See, when people say that's not true, that's not really what they're doing. They're out there doing what they chose to do. They could have chose to say, I'm going to hold on to God no matter what. How many knows you need to hold on to God no matter what? They could have done that. But instead, they blamed the preacher. And said, well, the preacher said, oh, well, so I'm just giving up. That's another way of, of, of not trying to serve both. And, and so you just have to say, okay, I understand what you're saying. Blame, go ahead and blame the preacher, blame the church, blame God, blame anybody but your own heart. When you could have held on right there. You could, someone said, someone said to me one time, I'm doing all these things, but Brother French, I'm not giving up. And I said, that's it, that's it, don't you give up, you hang on. Because there's something in the, there's something in the, in the encouraging of the heart that says, I am not going to let the devil stop me. Can you say praise the Lord? Can we love him one more time? Come on, do it one more time. We don't have much longer. Father, thank you for it. Now here's this verse in, in Hebrews where the, as I told you, the, instead of encouraging right here, it's translated exhorting. And, and that's okay. I, sometimes I think that's, unfortunate in other words because people don't get it when you say uh in 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 hearten people and use the word exhort because in current lingo exhort is sort of a dogmatic word so i'm going to just say encouraging one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching um and uh, the rest of that let's just not let's not go into Parakaleo and all the Greek there. No, no, let's do. Let's do it. Let's just do it. I, I don't think I can skip that. I just, it's too much of a link in the chain of what I'm trying to say over the next couple seconds here. Now, Matthew 6, Jesus said, Seek ye what? Whenever you want to. Just seek ye whenever you want to. You know, like after the movies and after dinner, after you've paid the bills, just whenever you want to, just seek the kingdom. No, it doesn't say that. It says, seek ye first. See, it didn't say, I'm, I'm trying to help correct this, this uh, just like these glasses are correcting something. I'm trying to correct this aberration that says, well, if I try to do what God wants me to do, he's demanding perfection of me. He is not demanding perfection of you. He isn't saying, you, you've got to be a Christian before you could ever be anything else. Hey, folks, you're first a sinner, then you become a Christian, and then you walk with God. It's like a baby learning to walk and so on. When you seek first, that doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that you've got your priorities in order. And so uh, someone said, well, I, I'm learning to pray. Someone came in uh, like when I first was starting to fast, which I, Lord, I don't want to talk about that. Why are you bringing that into my mind here? Oh, you're not. It's just me. Okay. Um, well, then I don't have to talk about it. And I told, uh, I was supposed to fast so many days. So many days. Yes, I will. I was brand new. Man, I'm going to fast all those days. First night. Man, I'm fasting. What are you doing? I'm fasting. Oh, you're fasting. Yes, I'm fasting. My first fast. That night I got so hungry. 
that I woke up in the middle of the night about like three, three o'clock in the morning. And I went in the kitchen and I just, this was, I was just a, basically a young, young guy. And I went in the kitchen and started making grits. I was trembling. I was so hungry. And I was saying, Lord, I'm a failure. I got my whole, <laughs> what am I going to tell the pastor? I'm, I'm in the kitchen at three in the morning and it's a, I've only been fasting for six hours. It was horrible. And I was in there and I, and I was like, Lord, I, I, uh, I have to, I just have to, Lord, I'm, I, 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 but Lord, I gave you those six hours and I was just trying to make amends to the Lord and, and then I was eating and, and I was like, oh Lord, I'll, I don't think I can ever fast again. But guess what? I know some of you don't, you're not following me here, but if I hadn't taken that first step, see, I took my first step and I went to pastor. I was so, oh my goodness. And I told him, I said, you know, Pastor, I, 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 I promised I would, and 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 I couldn't even get through the evening. I went to bed. I woke up. I was like, oh my goodness, I I can't take it any longer. And and uh, now that I think about it, he, of course, he was a great man, but he said, well, Talmadge. Um, Okay, so how how long did you actually go? And I told him whatever it was, and he said, "Well, um, did you learn something? Did you feel better?" Well, I did until I woke up. I was feeling really spiritual the night before. Man, I was a super spiritual person. And then I woke up. Then I felt condemned. He said, "Well, what are you going to do the next time? See, you took that step." And now you're able to move a little bit further. And so I said, all right, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to, I'm going to fast again. Not, 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 not today. I said, not, not this week. In fact, I'll get back to you, but I'm going to fast again. When I do, I'm going to try to go the whole night and get up regular breakfast. That's what I'm going to try to do. And so I, that was my first step. So in, even though I felt condemned because I had this idea of what, and I, I realized that was pretty pathetic, but the fact of the matter is I was taking that step. And so instead of twisting my heart all to pieces and telling God, how dare you demand of me that I'm supposed to fast and pray? I said, okay, Lord, I took my first step. Praise God. My heart is before you, Lord. I took a step and it wasn't very much, but I got a feeling the Holy Ghost was saying, ah, look at him. He took his first step. Praise God. Yes, sir. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, so uh, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, here are seven reasons for discouragement. I've got a few minutes. Number one, we think that hope or opportunity is gone. So sometimes we feel like we have no hope. Number two, we think mainly about ourselves. And you cannot enhearten yourself through selfishness. Because selfishness is a sin and sin cannot enhearten. Now, I know there are, I talk to young people that say, oh man, I must bless God. I love, man, I love drinking that. I love smoking that. Man, that's the coolest thing in the world. And I'll just smile and say, oh really? Yeah, that's really cool, huh? Oh yeah, I smoke that. I take that. Man, I get, I do this, man. It makes me what I am. 
And I said, really? That really turns your, turns your life around. Of course, I know it's not true. And you just wait for the, the come down. So you cannot think only of yourself and enhearten yourself. Number three, we're not immediately successful. So in other words, it's the sin of impatience. We, we become impatient. And, uh, and, and so we become discouraged. Number four, we lack a plan. We're not looking ahead. We lack purpose or, or preparation. Number five, I don't know if you can see those are quite small, but we fail to take action on the problem. Now, this is a, both, both, these two really are especially prevalent within certain personality types. Uh, and this personality type says, oh, I, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. Women who are married to these men, very interesting. I will do that. I will do that later. And of course, later is always later. And so that's what they do. It's always later. And so the, if you do that spiritually, you never get to the problem because, because you, you can't face or what, what various reasons that people don't get to it. Number six, I can see I'm meddling. Number six, we're struggling unsuccessfully against sin. In other words, in the, in the secret chambers of our heart and mind, sin is winning. Number seven, we have a negative attitude. And a negative, negative attitude, of course, brings discouragement. Now, let's keep going. We're going to look at a couple of things. I've only got a second, um, but let's see if we can at least look at Elijah. Now, in 1 Kings 19, for example, we, we get um, the story of Elijah's discouragement. Now, I, I like using Elijah as an example because he was this great prophet. And Jezebel started chasing him. And all of a sudden, Elijah became very, very discouraged. And... Uh, and, and, and he fled and, and, and I'm not, I'm not condemning him for, I'm, I'm just saying that it, it, Elijah had been doing all these things. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he was terribly, terribly discouraged. In fact, look here at verse, uh, four, four, he requested for himself that he might die. That is true discouragement. The prophet of God who had just called on fire from heaven and, and, uh, and destroyed, of course, Jezebel was mad because he destroyed the, her prophets and he was trying to clean up. Uh, and, and let me say this. As you serve the Lord, there will be times of discouragement. Some people think that unless they're happy, skipping, happy, skipping, that it's not worth being a Christian. I, I, I face discouragement. So why be a Christian if I'm ever going to be discouraged? Hey, folks, there are Christians right now that are battling cancer. That's not, that's not something you just skip around about. But guess what? They can be encouraged in the Lord. They can find strength. How many knows that we serve a God that can heal? A God that knows all things. So here we have Elijah. And then, of course, we go along. In verse 9, so uh, discouragement caused Elijah to doubt himself, and that's exactly what it does. And, and then it, it also, here at the bottom, it says it causes us to evade our responsibility. So he ran into a cave, and, and uh, he was supposed to be obviously not hiding in a cave. And here's what the Lord said. The word of the Lord came to him, and then here's how the the... Uh, King James translators have handled the Hebrew here. What dost thou hear? 
Elijah. <laughs> Let's stand together. What dost thou hear? Which I, I think we could probably take that to mean in the English. What, what are you doing in here? What are you doing? And of course, how many knows he God already knew what he was doing, but the Lord was prodding him along because that's how you encourage. Because the word encourage means to prod, to take the heart and give it courage. Here, here's a little courage. And you lift them up. And the Holy Ghost was lifting up the prophet. Could we just lift our hearts together and let's pray for one another. I know some of you need encouragement, but would you pray for someone that you know that needs a blessing from God? Father, right now, I thank you for it. I know that you're here and your, your presence is here. I thank you for the, for the mighty hand of God that's with us today. Lord, I ask that you'll be with us and those, Lord, that are facing things they do not know how they will manage. I pray that you'll be with them and that somehow today there'll be a little nudge of encouragement in our hearts. Lord, like the prophets, like all of us, even Jesus himself said, Lord, I can't drink this cup. Lord, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to face the day with the power of the Spirit in our lives. Amen. Everyone said amen. All right. Very good. So I would like you, if you would, for a moment, our praise team's joining me on the platform. Can you find a couple folks to shake hands with, smile, and greet them? Find someone you haven't seen in a bit and uh, greet them in Jesus' name.